We know exactly where every single raw material ingredient comes from. We make it all ourselves. We deliver it ourselves. We run all our own stores. And so you get your continuity of message and you get continuity of, of product. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting that play button. Now, before we get into today's interview, I just want to say a big thank you to friend of e-commerce master plan, Oliver Spark from Sweet Analytics for the introduction to this awesome guest. Thank you, Oliver. And in today's episode, we are talking to someone who launched their D2C brand in 1999, putting sustainability at the heart of it and looking at how that's changed over the years. So there's lots of great advice here around matching up to your consumers, cross-channel marketing, sustainability in general, should you go for those qualifications and certifications and just just some really insightful things from this owner of a very successful e-commerce brand. Please make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on his top tips because not only, well, they're awesome for starters, but they also include a brand new top tip. For only the second time since 2015, I am changing one of our top tips. Listen to the end to find out what the new question is all about. Are you looking for ways to incorporate SMS and MMS into your marketing strategy? Well, you should be. A great way to do it is to add marketing text to your current campaigns. And with wildly successful transaction rates up to 481% higher, birthday offers are a good place to start. Send customers a birthday offer to the channel that's almost always at hand, their mobile device. And if they don't make a purchase, send a follow-up text in two days' time so your message doesn't get overlooked. Get more campaign ideas and see how AI-powered marketing automation is changing e-commerce at ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach. That's ecmp.info slash B-L-O-O-M-R-E-A-C-H. Learn more with Bloomreach. Visit ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach today. And now to introduce today's special guest. Mark Tremlett is the founder and director of organic bed and mattress brand Natural Mat. Founded in 1999, they now do over £6 million a year via their Shopify store and other channels. And they've recently gained their B Corp certification. Hello, Mark. Hi, Chloe. Nice to be here. Great to have you here. And congrats on everything that you've achieved with, um, with Natural Mat. I'm guessing the last, what, 20-something years have been quite the ride. They have, yes. I mean, it is audio, but obviously no one else can see my grey hair. So there we are. That's the testament, really, to the struggle that it is to run a business and, and grow it from day one, where I started making matches on my old table tennis table. So, yeah, it's quite a journey. Luckily, the table tennis table is, is no longer um, in existence in the business, is all I can say. I thought you might might have turned it into a board room table or something, you know, for the nostalgia factor. But Well, fun enough now, we're just, well, we're building a big new factory at the moment. And, and obviously, you know, no modern business would be replete without some form of kind of sports table in a, uh, in a canteen somewhere in the business. So, yes. There has been mention of where is that old table tennis table. Sadly, <laughs> it is no more. Made, it made too many mattresses, basically. 
Yeah, it saw its last mattress a long time ago, I'm afraid. Well, how did you end up getting into e-commerce? Was the business e-commerce from the beginning in 1999? Was it something you added in? How did you end up in this industry? Well, I'm sitting here today in uh, down in Devon, in Topsham, and we're in my old sort of family's boatyard, which is like a kind of sprawling, kind of messy, traditional Devon boatyard. But in amongst the mess, there are some slightly more modern buildings, um, which is where we make all our um, beds and mattresses. And as I said, we're just building a big new shed down here as well. But um, so funny enough, the business sort of sprung from kind of a, a marine industry idea, actually. My father was a designer and a boat builder, and I was grew up sort of running around the boatyard as a, as a kid. So, and I was always involved at arm's length in the business and, and in the marine industry. But my career actually was ended up being doing marketing and the last thing last time I had a proper job really was uh, I worked for Thornton's as a sort of chocolate taster and um, I got bored of that got bored of the sort of expanding waistline thought hang on what do I need to do now I thought okay when you buy a boat you sleep on a really poor quality mattress that doesn't really make any sense spending half a million pounds on a boat and sleeping on a 30 pound piece of foam so I thought okay I was very bored I was sort of I was fed up with where I was and I wanted to change so I thought, okay, well, that's what I'll do. I was, I was, sort of, I, was a, I suppose I was a sort of probably an entrepreneur from day one, really. And so I ditched in the day job and worked out how you'd make a, a good mattress for, for the marine industry. And the obvious choice was to use natural fibers because they're breathable, self-ventilating, more supportive, more comfortable, longer lasting. On every single metric, they outperform what was being currently used for yachts and motorboats, which was and, and still is predominantly across most of the, that industry, as well as the, still the majority of the bedding industry in synthetic materials, basically polyurethane foams and polyesters, which is what's used in most beds and, 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 um, and bedding. And they are just not really very good materials to sleep on because they do two things. They absorb heat and they absorb moisture which are the two things you're trying to avoid in any kind of sleeping environment. But yet people use them because they're inexpensive and they're easy to cut and to shape. But anyway, they don't make a good mattress. So we started using natural fibres and I had quite good contacts in the marine industry. That got us going. And about a year down the line, uh, my girlfriend was pregnant. So I started looking at what babies slept on. I saw that they were sleeping on the same thing, polyurethane foam wrapped in plastic, not what we wanted for our 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 child so we thought okay well we know how to make um, mattresses using natural fibers we'll make for the nursery industry so we came up with three different compositions we're the first guys to pass all british standards using no glues no synthetics no chemical for fire retardants 100 natural and then unsurprisingly there were other parents out there who thought the same as we did and they wanted a natural sort of non-toxic mattress for their for their babies and children so we very quickly became back a nursery brand and we were a nursery brand for the next 10 years of our existence and then i had a chance meeting with a guy called simon woodruff he's the yosushi guy uh he lived on a boat and actually he lived on the terms next to a friend of mine and i met him and he was developing a a hotel chain called Yotel. And then I basically became his bed consultant. So we developed the first beds for Yotel. And they were sort of along the same sort of nautical lines. And there were sort of, you know, the staff called crew, the rooms called cabins, uh, and it had a kind of round shaped bed. And then it sort of folded very much like what you might find in a boat. Anyway, so that was, we did a couple of hotels with him. And then he opened a huge one in New York, 
666 rooms, you know, the number of the devil. You thought, oh, that's quite interesting. We've never, ever uh, written an invoice like that before. Hotels could be quite interesting. So we started marketing ourselves to the hotel industry. And about that time, 2012, people started to say, you know, be green, be eco. You know, do you really want your towel washed? If You know, you know leave it on the floor if you do, but hang it up if you don't. And basically, there's no one else really who could make a kind of a green, eco-sustainable mattress. So we thought, OK, well, we know how to do that. And then quite quickly, we picked up some sort of quite big clients. And within about two years, it was uh, it was about half our business. But our main focus always has as business has been uh, direct to consumer since day one. We've always said, OK, right. How, how we set out our stall is, is selling to the guy in the high street. So once we started making big mattresses, for hotels, thought, okay, well, now we need to make them for Joe Bloggs in the high street. We're very successful selling nursery ones, but now we need to sell big ones. But what you realize very quickly is that although for a nursery industry, you can sell just a mattress, but if it's for the Joe Bloggs in the high street, actually, it's very hard to make the mattress look exciting because they're just sort of oblong lumps. And trying to make that, you know, it's one of the most banal products you're ever going to have to try and market. And it's really hard. How you change that is you 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 make you make a good looking bed and good looking headboard. So around about 2015, we started designing and manufacturing all our own beds and headboards, and that's a way in which and it gives you sort of the whole story that people may want to buy anyway. But that's been sort of the last channel that we make for, and that is the fastest growing uh, part of our business right now. And so now you know that's us. So we're direct to consumer. We're very multi-channel. And we, we still do a little bit of boats, but not not it's about one percent of our business, then nursery, uh, then hotel and then what we call bedroom. But we tack on a little bit of trade into the hotels as well. And as a direct consumer business, at which point did the e-commerce, the first e-commerce site go live? Was that right at the beginning with the first marine bit or was it? when the babies came along? First one was a sort of, yeah, I, can, I wish I could remember the name of the kind of the, the <laughs> platform that we used. It was set up by a guy called James Macbeth, and I remember him well. I think it was in about 2003 that we had our first website. Pretty early. And it was very basic. Yeah, yeah, pretty early. It's very basic. You know, we thought, gosh, that's extraordinary. You know, you suddenly, you know, wow, suddenly you sold a mattress very hard to market a website back in those days i do remember because no one really got used to using them <laughs> but, um, yes <laughs> I, re- I remember it well i mean yeah the industry's come an extremely long way but now you know obviously i think we're probably on website number five now probably we've just moved to a shopify platform we were on magento we're now shopify plus like every website build I've ever known, you know, it's it's tortuous. Yep. <laughs> Removing part of your body or developing a new website is always quite a hard choice, I would say. We are where we are. It's actually going very well, and we're pretty happy with what with what we've got. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not let's we could we could share war stories. Everybody's been through the same process, so look, you can't, you know, no one will have any sympathy for you because everyone's had the same problem. Mm. So. Oh, where do I go? You've told us so much already, Mark. Where do I come in with a question? I think I think one of the, the fascinating things about your journey for me is that you went full natural with the product because it was the best product you could create. Not No eco aims, no organic aims back in the day, no marketing aims. It was just how can we make the best possible product? It was natural. But then you also realized around 2012, as the 
eco piece, I guess, started growing in consumer consciousness that you could leverage that for your business. So how did that, I guess, not a shift in what you do, but a shift in how you position yourselves. How did that evolve over the last 10 years? We did it really from to mirror us from day one, actually. And that was the hard thing. Telling people who we are and what we do has become significantly easier. Right at the very beginning when, you know, because when we, we, we wanted to make a mattress that was as green and eco as possible, you know, right from day one. That's why we never used any chemicals. We never used any synthetics. We used all natural materials. It was better for the customer and it was better for the planet. The problem was no one really had any idea. I mean, the word organic didn't really exist. There was no eco environment in which to exist. And so we were telling people all these things and they, oh, you know, this is way better. And they were going, oh, yeah, really? Okay. The whole world has sort of moved to where we started in a kind of in a kind of funny kind of way. And now everybody understands what we're talking about was in the in the early days, we were very much a kind of a very lone voice. And one of the really hard things is when you're a small business with a very different message, it's very hard to get application. And so it's hard to grow because you're preaching to the unconverted. And as a small voice, it's hard to get that traction. So it's a joy now that everybody now, all the things that we talk about, people immediately understand exactly what we're doing and, and exactly what we have done. That's great as far as we're concerned, because now there's been a seismic change in what the consumer believes is important in their retail journey. Even the last three years, it's changed absolutely totally you know you, you go to a meeting and you talk about all these sort of great things and then you, you know about the business of product and, blah, 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 and then you start talking about sustainability and then you immediately you see everybody starts to prick up their ears and think oh this is the topic that everyone wants to talk about this is what everybody wants to hear about it's great makes our lives considerably easier so it's kind of awesome that the marketplace has finally caught up with your message so you're now preaching to the converted as it were have you found especially over the last couple of years that the target market or the people who are buying your product has changed because of that wider awareness. Like I have in my head the idea that you were selling to hippies in the in the, in the early two thousands. Totally, you know, our customer was very much someone sort of outside. I'd say the sort of the normal consumer profile, very different consumer profile to to who they are today. Yeah, no doubt about it. But yes, I mean, you know, everything has changed, and in terms of sort of sort of the buying decision, especially in furniture, is filtering across a much, much wider spectrum. We always think that our ideal customer is the customer who actually can't afford us yet. You know, it's that kind of early 30-something who is, who is miles ahead of where, you know, in terms of mentality, is really, really, you know, on the pace for in terms of making sure they're making the right kind of sustainable decisions about how they live their lives and how they go about everything, you know, on a day to day basis. But they possibly can't quite afford us. But, you know, it's, it's come important in the sort of decision making journey in the whole audience now. So it's where it would have been, a, you know, I mean, our target customer is sort of 30 to 60, probably. Uh, the majority of people who buy are probably female you know, 40 to 55, probably. They're the people who are sort of guiding the decision-making process. And now amongst that audience, whereas previously it wouldn't have been something you'd get a look in, they were possibly looking at something that's purely under the luxury banner. Now they're looking for something which has all the same kind of, you know, sort of premium connotations, but also 
has a justification from a sort of from a sustainable angle as well. So yeah, it's a complete sea change in terms of how people are addressing consumer buying decisions. And you touched there on something I wanted to ask you about, which is just one look at your homepage and anyone will know your business has a lot of sustainability credentials. It's all over the homepage. You've got the Queen's Award for Sustainability, your B Corp certified and you're a living wage employer. I'm, I'm assuming from how you, what you've been ta- saying about how the, the marketplace has changed and how the target consumers change. I'm assuming that was quite heavily a marketing credentials strategy to get these awards. Was it that or was there other things in play? Uh, yes, it, yes, it was. I mean, I heard. I mean, I, I'm, the Queen's Award for Sustainable Business is something that's been on our radar for quite some time. It's something that we applied. I think in 2019 we did the application, and we did it knowing that normally, apparently, you apply two or three times and you get it like sort of you know a few times down the road. It's not something they give out very quickly, and you've got to kind of earn your spurs a bit to be able to wear the badge. So we filled in the forms and we got it, and we and it, that was one of a nice sort of ray of sunshine in the middle of sort of because it, it arrived at the beginning of april we got the announcement at the beginning of april right in the early days of lockdown when everything was thinking oh my goodness what's happening to my business and suddenly we got the queen's award so that was a really nice kind of gave us a really nice boost but the b corp that was a very conscious decision we knew that we wanted to have some sort of more other badges really to display because a lot of people they won't dig underneath the skin of what you're doing and they just look at a label and think okay well there we are tick that box so a lot of most people are relatively superficial in terms of their, of, of, of how they kind of judge whether you're worthy of, uh, of of their money but so we looked at all the different sort of badges and to my mind b corp was miles out in front of anyone else and it's the only one that really had teeth the only one that really went into sort of a really good level of detail about your business and understanding who you are, who, who you are and what you're doing, and so it, for us it was completely the obvious choice. Obviously, what we didn't what we didn't realise is that actually it was becoming incredibly popular, and so the they're sort of they're still B Lab, still quite a small organisation, and their ability to process what became an avalanche of sort of applications, it just meant that the lead times went out. So having think, okay, well we should get that in five months suddenly became sort of a lot longer than that because of just the, the, the backlog of applications that's going through through B-Lab at the time. But it's always been a conscious decision to try and do whatever we're doing in the sort of most kind of green and eco way. And, you know, we started looking at our packaging in, I think we're the first guys to have completely kind of biodegradable packaging for our nursery mattresses in 2006. You know, they were made out of potato starch, so we sort of led the way there. We ran our factory off off solar from about 2010. We'd like to think that we've always been slightly kind of at the sort of forefront of trying to do whatever it is in its sort of most sort of green and eco and sustainable way as possible. And having done that, then it, it's, it's actually great because now people actually understand, oh, okay, you haven't just started doing it because it's a fashionable thing to do. Our strength of our business is really that we've done it from day one. Which I don't think very, which it's very rare that people can actually say that. But you know, but we're in that lucky position. So, Mark, being in that lucky position, where you've, I guess you kind of you've put the foundations in over the last twenty years, and we're just reaching the point where you're going to start reaping the rewards. What's coming up on the ra- radar for for Natural Mat that's got you excited at the moment? The problem with with beds and mattresses, Chloe, is that you've actually got to bounce on one to really make it worthwhile. And so 
as an e-commerce, it's, you know, I could talk a lot about the e-commerce revolution in, in, in mattresses, and there has been a huge one in the last five years. Basically, what has resulted is that the various brands, which everybody's heard about, have basically spent at least 500 million or north on advertising, telling everybody, oh, hang on, what do you sleep on? You know, don't you need a new mattress? You know, buy this, that or the other. And most of those companies either have gone bankrupt or in the process of changing or whatever. But what it has done, it has to- it's totally changed the kind of the awareness of what people are actually sleeping on. It's, cha- it's changing the mentality of the UK consumer to what they sleep on. And also sleep's become a huge, great topic. It used to be, like, you know, what you eat and how you exercise. Now it's, you know, now sleep is like sort of one of the three pillars of sort of wellness. But the, the point of all this sort of waffling is that, in my view, to have a successful sort of bed and mattress business, you've got to get people through a door and lying down on a mattress. And in order to do that, you've got to have a store. So we're in the sort of fortunate or unfortunate position where we've got to tell everybody sort of, you know, online about how wonderful we are with the full expectation that we've also then got to pay for a whole shop where they can lie down in. To have a successful business, you both they've got to work in tandem, and we map, you know, all our sort of all our customers and where they live, and who goes to store and all, and who doesn't go to store. But then the vast majority uh, will go to store and try, and it, that is fundamental. We don't sell to anybody else. If you want to buy a natural mat, you've got to buy it for us, and we're control freaks, so we like to control every single step of the journey. So we control the whole sourcing. We buy stuff. We buy raw materials ourselves. We don't buy from wholesalers. We know exactly where every single raw material ingredient comes from. We make it all ourselves. We deliver it ourselves. We run all our own stores, and so you get your continuity of message and you get continuity of product. But so the way that we grow, the exciting thing is getting new stores, and so we're, we're hoping to have a, a new store in Manchester. We've got a few stores in the south of UK, but we don't have anything in sort of you know Midlands North. So Manchester is is the new. Um, is a new exciting prospect for natural mat and hopefully in the next few months we'll start expanding further north and bringing the sort of the, you know a natural mat to a home near you in manchester one hopes anyway that's exciting things going on at the, at the moment for us e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are Are you looking for ways to incorporate SMS and MMS into your marketing strategy? Well, you should be. A great way to do it is to add marketing text to your current campaigns. And with wildly successful transaction rates up to 481% higher, birthday offers are a good place to start. Send customers a birthday offer to the channel that's almost always at hand, their mobile device. And if they don't make a purchase, send a follow-up text in two days' time so your message doesn't get overlooked. Get more campaign ideas and see how AI-powered marketing automation is changing e-commerce at ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach. That's ecmp.info slash B-L-O-O-M-R-E-A-C-H. Learn more with Bloomreach. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Bloomreach today. Are you tying up capital with goods that take months to arrive? 
Let Trade pay your supplier invoices for you and then pay them back up to four months later. No security, no dilution, no more cash flow headaches. Pay only a transparent flat fee with each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if Trade can help your business grow at ecmp.info forward slash trade. That's ecmp.info forward slash T-R-E-Y-D. So that's trade spelt T-R-E-Y-D. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Mark, are you ready for the top tips? I'm ready. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, I thought long and hard about this, Chloe. And generally, I'm not a fan of any kind of business books. I think they're generally kind of slightly bombastic, poorly written, a bit sort of jingoistic. So I think Harold Macmillan said, you know, what he did when his, you know, his prime minister at the time is, what did, what, what, what did he read? You know, what, you know, everyone said to say, you know, he read, read, read his read suitcase papers. But actually, no, he said, he said, I read Jane Austen. <laughs> so he said, actually, so maybe you shouldn't read a business book in your downtime. Learn something else about, which is going to help you understand the sort of the, the deeper human psyche, which might mean that you might be more in touch with your with your consumer than you were before. But if there was a business book, there is one thing I uh, one thing I will plug, and it's called um, The Talent Lab by a chap called Owen Slot, uh, and he's a brilliant. He's a journalist. Uh, um, he's he's a Times Sports editor, and um, he wrote The Talent Lab, amongst other things. It's all about the sort of how the performance directors at the London 2012 and how they were tasked with, you know, making the performance at the next Olympic Games even better, which everybody thought, oh, how on earth are you going to do that? So, and that's quite an interesting concept because what you're doing is you're taking really, really successful situations saying, well, how on earth do I make this better? And it's, a, it's quite a nice way to sort of look across the board about a whole raft of different kind of mini levers that come together to provide even greater greater success. And I think that's always quite an interesting thing to do for any business that's already performing well. It's always going to be, we're doing well, but how do we do better? I love that recommendation. I've not heard of that book before, so I shall have to go and look it up. But I always think there is so much the business world can learn from sport, where in sport, the goals and the objectives are just so crystal clear. It means there's so much we can learn from it. So loving that tip. Thank you very much. Uh, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think in e-commerce, most people are focused on very kind of sort of slightly mono channel. And I think, you know, and there's all sorts of sort of reasons why some of those channels have not been success, as, as successful as they used to be. We try to be very broad church because... Our audience is, is really, you know, what we're trying to, you know, you've got a very small target, really. You know, you've got demographic, you've got an earnings profile, and also you might only buy one. This is talking about it was in the sort of in the bedroom environment. You might buy one once every 8, 10, 12 years. So it's it, it's a very, very narrow target. So you've got to kind of, you've got to work out where that person's going to be. And they won't just do one, they won't look at one particular thing. So we've got to invest in a, in a wide variety of channels. So, so keep it, keep it wide is my thing on our one, because we, because, because we don't, we don't, you know, we know who our customer is, but we don't know when they're going to buy. And so we spend quite a lot on print, which is extremely old fashioned, but actually it does work, you know, so print PR as well as all the sort of digital channels as well. So, you know, spread it across 
lots of channels rather than just one. Obviously, the annoying thing is that, you know, on the print, you know, like the whole thing, you don't know which bit's working, but overall, it seems to be working. And, you know, our, re- you know, our retail styles, you know, are still really strong. We had an incredibly strong year last year. We're up, our light for light was 40% up last year, and this year we're up so nearly 30% on, on, on a strong year last year. So it's w- what we're doing is working, but trying to pin exactly which the bits are working best is always quite hard. But overall it is and the other thing investing creative you know we've got an extremely comfortable amazing uh, brilliantly well 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 made bed and mattress but if you don't really invest in the creative then no one's really going to it's not going to set anybody on fire so so you've got to you know spend money on that as well yeah I'm, you're preaching to the converse on both those topics mark i am a firm believer that if you want to if you want to do well over the next one two three four five years in marketing message and multi-channel are where it's at um so great to hear your your take on that too the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day yeah well it's uh one thing that we do use is um sweet analytics which is a uh is sort of a, a data so i suppose one is as a database marketing tool really pulls all our our, all our consumer data in, into one place so you get a, a a really good single customer view and it just means you can slice and dice those customers to see where they where they're coming from how they're buying what they're buying and you can analyze the sort of key metrics very easily at your fingertips you know if you're in direct bc it's a really important tool to have because otherwise you're looking in all sorts of different places to find find the data but it's all pulled in one place and on one one platform it's a very useful tool and, and we and we use that it's great excellent i will make sure oliver knows you've um mentioned him because uh, uh they are sweet analytics are our friends of the show as many of the listeners will know so uh so always nice to have a recommendation for a friend uh the carbon top tips everyone you you will have heard at the beginning of the episode i said we are doing a new top tip it's a toughie i'm not going to lie about that but i think you're going to love the answers so our new top tip is the carbon top tip what's your favorite easy way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store so mark what's your answer as our first guest to get this question well it's it's something which is obviously we do an awful lot of work on and it's it's an area that i mean it's not without its 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 difficulties but we have addressed this probably in, in almost every aspect of our business and by doing you know, by doing a, a whole carbon map of the whole business which is which is no mean feat looking at scope threes if anybody out there has had the same kind of uh, tried to do this one and two is really straightforward but three is much harder but so you really look at exactly where your, your carbon footprint really is as an overall business and you know the You've got to start with the kind of the lower, hang, you know, anybody doing this has got to start with the lower hanging fruit. So the first thing is sort of energy. And that's an area where you can change, you know, relatively, well, relatively quickly. We were on it, arguably, we we're on it from a quite an early day because we, we used to generate all our own electricity. So, you know, uh, and we still arguably, um, we're probably about half now at our, at our premises down here. In fact, no, it's overall about half as a, half as a business. You might argue a little bit more the balance we buy only buy from re- renewable sources so that is sort of probably the easiest in the first place to look is look at look at how you provide the energy into your business then the other thing sort of a carbon perspective is 
I suppose packaging. Packaging is an area where you know it, it's the thing that people see. So you immediately, you know, when you see the product when it arrives, it's covered in a whole ton of plastic. And then you, oh god, that's not very great. You know, what's you know, you know, what about the energy that's gone into sort of producing all of that? That's a really good one. It's it's a way in which you can reduce, and also it's something that the customer actually sees, and it's a very visible way of saying, oh. That looks good. You know, we make all our own canvas bags. Um, the mattresses go in canvas bags. They go on our own vans. Uh, so, it's, so it's dedicated miles to the customer. What we will have in future is we will have electric vans and we will have, our aim is to have hubs in London where we deliver electrically. That's going to be great, but we're not quite there yet. We've thought about uh, delivering by bicycle, but towing a mattress by a bicycle. I like cycling, but I'm not sure I like it that much. I think those are sort of t- two areas which are good places to start. I like that, Mark. And I particularly like your suggestion around the packaging because it it also, I haven't seen the stats on this, everyone, but I would bet money it is the number one complaint customers have about the brands they buy from on a sustainability front is the packaging and it being plastic because people seem to be ranting about that all the time. So I think that that's a fulfills the brief on so many levels. So Mark, thank you so much for being the first person to answer that question for us. And before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yes, of course, Chloe. So um, Natural Mat, just Google Natural Mat, hopefully we'll come up top. Uh, be very disappointed if we don't, but it's obviously naturalmat.co.uk. We've got various stores. Uh, we've got a couple of stores in London. We've got one down in Devon. We've got a, a place in Cotswolds. And if any of the e-commerce master plan listeners out there are sleeping uncomfortably and want to put that right, then there is a code, which is masterplan15, which gives them a little bit of an easier entry into the wonderful world of natural mat. Marvellous. Well, look, Mark, thank you so much for sparing the time to chat to us and congrats on everything that's happening in your business. It sounds like it's been a great ride so far and it's going to be a really exciting one to come. Chloe, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure. Lots of interesting things we can take from that chat with Mark. I think for me, the biggest one is how how they've been adapting to the changing consumer or two massive changes in consumer awareness. Firstly, the, uh, the, the fact that green caring about sustainability has come in. And then secondly, all that impact of all those brands who've changed the game on mattresses, the increased focus on sleep as a part of wellness and how they're looking to capitalise on all of that through the coming years. I think those were the two most fascinating pieces for me on how they've done it and what they've been after and what he was talking about. So you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've been chatting about by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our short links. Just put ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar and you'll be redirected straight to the correct page of the website. Once you get to the site, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business even. If you like this episode, then there's kind of a couple of things you might find would build on it nicely at the moment. First off, if you are thinking of becoming a B Corp or you're um, already a B Corp, we now have a page on the website dedicated to our B Corp guests. That's ecmp.info forward slash B Corp. That will get you to that section of the website. And that's partly because in March we spent, we celebrated B Corp month by putting out episodes all about B Corps. 
The second thing is if you were intrigued about the kind of online offline marketing mix that Mark was talking about, well, this month over on our sister podcast, Keep Optimizing, our topic of choice for the whole month is offline marketing. So if you want to uh, to dive into that, then just find the Keep Optimizing podcast and have a listen. We've already got a couple of episodes live. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.